Well, again, I want to say thank you from Becky and I for this church allowing us to be messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention there in Birmingham. It was, it was to say the least, a very, interesting, um, a very interesting time. It's a very interesting time for our convention. Um, and I appreciate I appreciate the um, the stand that we as a collective group of churches we as a, we as forty seven thousand plus autonomous churches um, I praise the Lord I praise the Lord for um, where we are we've got a long we've got a lot of work to do we've got um, and um, you know we're in we're in troubling times, and you've heard that, and, you've, and we've, we've talked about that. Um, so, we, so we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people um, that are um, much more willing to listen than we are to speak, and that we, um, and that we are careful, and that we're careful not to, not to judge um, Becky talked about David Platt giving a, um, giving a talk about um, in his message of blessed are the meek, he, um, he talked about his week and he talked about everything that, um, everything that went into him being called backstage on Sunday, on Sunday morning and told that in a matter of moments the President of the United States is coming here and wants you to pray for him. And um, so he, in a moment, had to make a decision, and he made a decision. He said, "He said, but I'll tell you this: in 48 hours, I had a, I had successfully made every person in my church mad." He said it took only 48 hours. He said half of them were mad when I brought him on the stage; the other half were mad when I did what I did in response to bringing him on the stage. So he said, um, and so anyhow, um, just. But um, praise the Lord, praise the Lord when we use this to answer for what we do. Because when we use this to answer for whatever it is that we, that we do, as long as we are using this properly, as long as we are not taking this out of context, as long as we are using God's Word, you know what? We, we march on. We march on. Um, Al Mohler said it uh, very eloquently that the students that are in our seminaries that are being trained in this, that are being trained, that are being trained to lead our churches, are being trained as soldiers that are marching unto war that they are being trained as soldiers marching unto war. Take your Bible and turn to Acts 25. I want to thank Sean for a powerful message, a powerful message that he, that he brought last week from the book of Acts. And um, yes, I did, I did, um, and it's, as I do with everyone that preaches, and I'm out of town, I listen to those messages. I listened to those messages, and, and, um, and 
praise the Lord for um, praise the Lord for last week's message. And you know that Paul, that Paul, and 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 I want you to be very careful to understand where Paul is at today. I'm today I'm titling this the gospel above all else. It was the gospel above all, the theme for the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I, am, I am entitling this one, the gospel above all else. Because remember where Paul is at. Remember where Paul is at. Paul is a prisoner. Paul is a prisoner because of the gospel. He is a prisoner because of the gospel. He has people who want to kill him because of his gospel proclamation, Paul is in, is in many ways of saying it, Paul is in chains. Paul is in chains. Paul is under guard. Paul, and, and they, you know, they've been uh, willing to let people come and visit him and so on, but, but I want you to understand, Paul's a prisoner. Paul's a prisoner. And... So as, as we continue in this, because what's about to happen, a changing of the guard is about to occur. A changing of that procurator or that governor of the area is about to change. Felix, one of the most um, diabolic leaders, is about to go off the scene. That one who was himself at a point a prisoner. He himself was a prisoner at one point. And Felix is about to leave, and Festus is about to come in. Festus is coming in. Josephus, the, the church historian, said that Festus was the best of those he came after, and very possibly the best of those that would come after him. So that was the way a church historian talked about Festus. Let's read from Acts chapter 25. Now when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Festus but Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore he said, let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there is any fault in him. And when he had remained among, the more, among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea and the next day sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come... The Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I offended in anything at all. <clears throat> but Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For I am an offender, for if I am an offender, or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object, object to dying. 
But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have, a, you have appealed to Caesar? To Caesar you shall go. So, Festus comes into this new job. Think about your, think about your own situation. Think about your own life, especially if you hold a supervisory role or anything like that. Think about the fact that you come in, you come in, and you've got to get up to speed rather quickly. You've got to get up to speed rather quickly. I remember Ronnie Floyd, our new executive director of the, of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's paid staff now, living in Nashville, um, walked away. He and his wife had to, had to pack up and leave a church that they had been for over 33 years. They had been there for 33 years, and they were asked to leave that and take on the role of executive director of our convention. And, and the comment that was made by the chairman of the search committee was, we had no time for this person that was chosen to get up to speed. They had to know the convention and be ready to go because of the issues that brought a new executive director in, they, they had to be ready right away. Well, Festus, Festus is trying to figure out what's going on in his region and what is it, what is, why is it that I'm handed this prisoner named Paul? Why is it that I'm handed this person? What, what has he done? So he goes to Jerusalem. He goes to Jerusalem to talk to the, to the high priest and to talk to the council, to talk to the elders and find out what is it that Paul has done. And, of course, they say that they begin to, they begin to share their accusation, their accusation, and, and in the course, isn't it funny how this goes? There had already been one plot to ambush and kill Paul. And what do they say? Hey, bring him back to Jerusalem. We'll lay, and we'll lay and wait, and we will ambush and kill Paul on the way back to Jerusalem. If you'll just bring him back to it, if you'll just bring him back to Jerusalem, we'll take care of the rest. So, so again, here, here we are in this. Festus doesn't, Festus doesn't at this point say that that's going to happen. In fact, he says Paul is where Paul needs to be, and that's in Caesarea. Remember, Paul is a prisoner because of his gospel witness. He's a prisoner because of his gospel witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people, there are people that will hate you because of your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on, and Festus then says he's going to he wants them to sin. Now look at the way he words this. Let those, verse 5, let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there's any fault in him. In other words, don't, don't find the people who actually say they witness something. Just those that have authority over you, let them come and make their accusation. So, do, do, you, do, you see, do you see what's happening here? Do you see how, you, you know, that's already happened once. Do we remember Tertullus? Do we, do we remember the one that they sent down to Caesarea to speak against Paul? The orator? The lawyer, per se? The one that was well-spoken, but, but, really, but really had 
but really had no accusation? Again, that's what's, that's what's being asked here. And folks, here's what I want you to understand. So we got to see a round table of the, dealing with persecution. Dealing with persecution of the church. And there were three groups of people on that round table. There were three groups of people. One of them was Nick and Ruth Ripken. Nick and Ruth Ripken are the, are the missionaries that spent a lot of time in Somalia that um, while on the mission field decided to go to the persecuted church and talk to those that had gone through great persecution. And they wrote a couple, he wrote a couple of books. He wrote The Insanity of God and The Insanity of Obedience. And he's, been, and he's been speaking on those things. So he was talking about the persecuted church. And then there was, then there was another gentleman, and I'm going to refer to him in a moment, but Andrew Brunson, does anybody remember that name? Does anybody remember the name Andrew Brunson? Andrew Brunson is the, is the pa- American pastor that was serving in Turkey for over 23 years, and, and at the end of that period of time was arrested, was arrested and imprisoned for... Um, his proclamation of the gospel. And then, in the middle, sat a gentleman named Jack Phillips. Anybody heard that name? Anybody remember who Jack Phillips is? Jack Phillips was the, uh, the cake baker in Colorado. He was the cake baker in Colorado who chose not to make a cake for a same-sex couple because it violated his, his Christian belief. It violated his Christian belief, and, and he was unwilling to compromise on that. He was willing to, to sell them anything he had in the store. He was willing to serve them in any way except that because it, because it opposed his biblical view of marriage. And I don't know if you know, now, when they got to him, he was in tears. He, when they got to him, he was in tears, and he said, those sitting on both ends of him, he said, I can't defend against that. I mean, I, I, I have nothing. What, what happened to me is nothing. But I'll simply say that his case went all the way to the Supreme Court. His case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and he won his case. He won his case. You'd be amazed, and, and I would encourage you to go study on that a little bit and look at why he won the case. Look at why he won the case. But I want to come back to Andrew Brunson. I want to come back to Andrew who spent two years in a Turkish prison because of his gospel proclamation. And, and, and as, we, as we hear what Festus is telling these people of authority to come and do to Paul, the same thing happened to Andrew Brunson in that Turkish prison. Andrew Brunson, Andrew Brunson said, let me, let me share with you that my first year in that prison was more than I could stand. My first year, I was not ready for that. I was not ready. And Andrew, Andrew believes, he, and he said this as he started. He said, I want you to understand that I believe persecution is coming to the Christian in America. And I believe it's going to be, it's going to be as I experienced. And for that first year, they would allow, his wife chose to send their children home. His wife chose to send their children home, and, he would st- and she would stay. 
at her own, at, at her own potential peril. But she stayed, and every week for 30 minutes, they allowed her to visit her husband. They allowed her to visit her husband. And there came a point where Andrew wanted to take his life. Andrew wanted to take his life because, you know what they, you know what they charged him with? They charged him with espionage and terrorism. Espionage and terrorism. The penalties for those could be death or the better of the two, life in prison. That's what, that's what he was facing. That's what he was facing. And his wife would come and she would seek to encourage him. She would seek to encourage him each and every week. She even got to a point where she asked him, will you be here next week? Will you be here next week when I come to see you? Because he had become so depressed and he had become, he said, I wasn't ready. He said, he said, I wanted it to end. And he said, and, and you know what? I looked for God. I looked for God and I couldn't find him. I could not find him anywhere that I looked. And it wasn't, it wasn't until the second year. It wasn't until the second year that he, that he began to realize, you know what? I have, I have preached my entire life of how God is in control. I've, I've, I've preached that, that, that God, that, that God um, watches over us, that God directs our steps and all of those things. And he said, and, and, and it was then, it was then that, that I confessed my sin before God. I, cons- I confessed my unbelief. I confessed my distrust. I confessed it all. And, I, and, I, and, and then he said, and then he said, I began to, I began to live out that second year as, as, one, as one completely sold out to the Lord, as one who wanted to know everything that God could say to me, who wanted to, who wanted to, to just simply walk with the Lord and, and cling to the Lord and cling to the Lord. And he said, my second year, my second year, Though, though still difficult and though still, though still hard. I praise God that, I praise God that, he, that, that he met me in that place and that, and that he, um, he carried me through that time. And he said, I didn't know I would get out in two years. I didn't know whether I would ever see my family again. I didn't know. And, and you know something? In a sense, they're accusing Paul in the same kind of way. So I want, to ask, I want to ask you a question at a strange time. Why have we been in Acts since April 1st, 2018? Why have we been in Acts since April 1st, 2018? I'll just answer it this way. We planted a new church. We launched a new church, Mission Community Church. Even though, even though, re- really, December seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, was when it was when it really when 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 the change really occurred. But on April first, two thousand eighteen, was our launch date for Mission Community Church. 
That was the, that was the day this church began. And, and, and you know something? There's no better place to be. There's no better place to see what God did in the early church than in the book of Acts. There's no better way to see what our DNA of this church has to be. What the DNA of this church has to be. And you know something else? You know something else? Where's Paul? Where is he? He's a prisoner, right? Do you think Paul's planting churches while he's a prisoner? No, not really. Not, not literally. Not literally. But he is writing, he is writing books that we're gonna that we're gonna be encouraged by for the for, for our entire lives on this earth. And 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 in a book that, that has survived many different things. But but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Not only, not only is it supposed to be about, not only is a church supposed to be about the gospel above all else, but do you know that when Paul got to Rome, see, Paul thought he was going to be the one that planted the church in Rome. Guess what Paul found when he finally got to Rome? Guess what he found? He found a church. He found a church there. And guess, and, and, and guess how it got planted? And guess how it got planted? By ordinary people. Ordinary, everyday people were the ones that came and, and planted a church and began and began a work. Everyday, ordinary people were the ones that took the gospel, that took the gospel to that place ahead of the one who thought he was supposed to be the church planter for the church in Rome. And, and you, you know what? When he got there, there were brethren. When he got there, there were brothers. When he got there, a church had already formed. A church had already formed. And, and, and we're in the book of Acts so that you understand what this church has got to be about. In, in everything we do, in everything we say, in everything, in everything. We got vacation Bible school coming. We got vacation Bible school coming. May we not, may we not make it anything except the opportunity for the gospel to go forth in every aspect, in every aspect of it. Whether it be in the games, whether it be in the crafts, whether it be in the Bible study, whether it be in the music, whether it be in all those things. May every aspect of it be about the gospel. Be about children. Why do we do children's church? So that children will hear the gospel. Children will learn about Jesus. And children will want to tell the story themselves. Why do, we, why do we do what we're doing while hard things are going on for children? Why do we do Awana? Why do we do these things so that, so that the gospel goes forth in the lives of these children? In the lives of these children, may everything. And, and I tell you this, I tell you this, if we ever do anything that's not about the gospel, then we need to stop doing it. We need to stop doing it because, because I want you to think about the fact Paul, a prisoner, a prisoner for his faith, a prisoner for his faith. Andrew Brunson went to prison for his faith. There have been people that have been martyred for their... Stephen was martyred for his faith. James was martyred for his faith. We know how Jesus died. And we know why Jesus died. Folks, we may, may everything we do, and, 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 and you know something, here's something else that Andrew said. Andrew said the only way 
To prepare for persecution is to prepare for persecution. The only way to prepare for persecution is to, is to be prepared, is to be prepared. And the way that we, and the way that we prepare ourselves is that we know this, is that we know this and we know, and we know the Jesus of this book. And we know who Jesus is. And we, and, and, and we understand, and we understand that dual citizenship that Scott talked about. That we understand that this place, that this place is, is a place that we're pilgrims passing through. Passing through. So, so, that, so, so that as others are being persecuted, as others are going through these difficult things, we... We continue to stand. We continue to stand for the gospel. We continue, we continue to share the gospel. We continue to have gospel stories. So here we are. Anybody got a gospel witnessing story? Anybody, did anybody tell anybody about Jesus in the last, I haven't been here for two weeks, for, actually for one Sunday, but so for two weeks. So, so, Anybody have a, have a story that they've told about the Lord? I'll be first. I'll be first. So we went out on a dolphin, on a dolphin cruise. And guess what? We got to see dolphins. <laughs> but, but, here's the, but, but here's the thing. The mate, the first mate, came over to me and while he comes over to me, there's this line of buses that are passing by in Pensacola. 38 buses. They're being, they've got a police escort. And, and, he, and I go, what's that about? He said, that's a bunch of Baptists from Texas. I said, well, what's it about? And, and, but we, and so, you know, nobody really knew what it was about. We couldn't even figure out what it was about. We found those buses at a convention center in Pensacola, but we still don't know what it was about. But, but here's the thing. It got me into a gospel conversation with the first mate. And the first mate began to share about a grandmother who was a Southern Baptist. A grandmother who made sure that he was in church every Sunday. And, 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 a, grandmother, and a grandmother that was a key part of him coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, so there was another guy on the back of the boat who had on a Vietnam veteran, and I could tell he was Navy because of the insignia that he had on his hat. And I walked back there, I walked back there, and I thanked him for his service. I thanked him for his service. And you know what it led to? That's right, a gospel conversation. It led to a gospel conversation because he said, what are you doing here? <laughs> I said, well, let me tell you why I'm here. And it, just, and it just took us to, and, and oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, you, you know what he looked at me, you know, he was, kind of, he was a little gruff, but, but he looked at me, and you know what he said? He said, I'm a Southern Baptist too. <laughs> I said, well, good for you. And you know what? We just had this little conversation and just enjoyed one another and, and just enjoyed, and, and, and you know what? I just praised God. I, I told the guy, I told the mate, I told the first mate, I said, you made my trip, you take me back. I'm done, okay? But the thing is, then we got to go see dolphins. And uh, so, anybody else? Did anybody else talk to anybody about Jesus? It's that easy. Well, recently, Sheila and I met a young lady named Taylor. And 
as those conversations tend to happen. Uh, how can we pray for you? So she shared that she was a mom and two young children and things like that. And I said, well, do you have a church home? Well, no. So, well, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. I said, well, the short version of the conversation is I encouraged her to find a church home, to, to have a place to, to, for her kids to, to grow among other believers. Of course, I suggested there was this really good church on Jefferson Davis Highway in Chester. She seemed to appreciate that. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a rewarding time. And... Uh, Sheila actually has a much better story, so when she's back, she gets to tell that one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, it's that, it's, it's that simple. It's that easy. We don't have to be afraid to have these conversations. We don't have to be afraid to talk to folks. And, 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 and you know what? This, this that Paul's going through continues. And, and you know what? You know what they said about the ones who came to, to bring accusation? They couldn't prove a, a single piece of it. They couldn't prove a, a piece of it. This is Paul's sixth out of nine defenses that he's going to give for his, his self and his faith and so on. And he, and he goes on to say, this is what Paul says, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in anything at all. In fact, you know what Paul, you know what Paul would say? If I was guilty of anything... If I was guilty of anything, I was guilty of telling people about Jesus who rose from the dead. If I was guilty of anything, I was guilty of telling Jesus, telling people about Jesus who rose from the dead and his resurrection. And I praise God that even, even when they tried to kill him, he was still willing to proclaim that message. What will be, what will be the message that you will proclaim? If persecution ever comes, if persecution ever comes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that we are so spoiled, can I say it that way? That we're so spoiled and that we're so pampered and that we're so protected and that we're so um, unaware that if anything difficult came concerning our faith, we would turn and run. Please prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. And I need to pray the same thing as I, as, I, as I pray, as I pray and as I walk with the Lord that I will be prepared. But look at what Festus did. Now, Festus was a, was a better leader, but look at what he did. Same thing that Felix did. He said, but Festus wanting to do the Jews a favor. In other words, it wasn't about justice. It was about friends. It was about having, it was about having, about making people happy. You understand that you will have to make decisions in your life that will not make others happy. You will have to do things in your life that, that may not make other people happy. But, but at, the, at the sake of peace, at the sake, at the sake of friends, at the sake of doing these folks a favor, he was willing to throw justice out the window. Folks, let, let, me, let me share. We, one thing that we've been talking about in hard things is we've been talking about the foundation, the foundation of things. And what is the foundation of things? It's the Bible. 
It's, it's God's commands. It's his covenants. It's, it's those things. And, and what is the top? What is the top of it all? Justice. We must be people of justice. We must pe- be people who seek after justice for all. Justice for all people. You know, and, and you got to come to hard things to understand the middle. Okay? Because the middle is where things can, you know, make a, make a little different turn. Because I have, I have said this, I had said this forever, and Paul's about to do something that I, that I have always told people not to do. But Paul's about to do something. And you know what he's about to do? He tells Festus, no, I will not go back to Jerusalem. I appeal to Caesar. Because guess what? It was his right as a Roman citizen to do that. It was his right as a Roman citizen to appeal to Caesar. Now, now here's the thing. I have told people and told people and told people, do not put your life in the hands of a judge. Do not put your life in the hands of a judge. Paul's doing that. In fact, in, in fact, Paul is actually Paul is actually appealing to the the emperor of the day, the emperor there in Rome. That's who he's appealing to. He's appealing because you know what? That's that's who God's called him to reach. That's that's who God's called him to reach, and he understands and he understands his calling. And and because and and you know because Festus finds nothing, nothing to hold Paul over. In fact, Paul could have probably been let go. Now, I would have to say that if Paul, if, 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 if we're thinking about the safety of Paul, being let go was probably a, a, a bit problematic. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say Paul being let go was problematic because then they would be after him again? It, you know, believe it or not, believe it or not, I believe him being in prison, just like I'll say this, Richard had surgery this week. Any of y'all know that? Did y'all know that Richard had surgery this week? That's why he's not here today. Okay. He had, um, because of diabetes, getting to one of, his, one of his toes, he had to have surgery. He also had to have another procedure done to his leg. You know what brought it all on? A big old fall in a parking lot at a restaurant. A big old fall in a parking lot at a restaurant that tore his, this arm, tore his arm all to pieces. I mean, just tore it up. But what it did was it put us back in the presence of doctors on a regular basis. I believe, I believe that God used a fall to get Richard where he really needed to be because of what was happening somewhere else in his body. And, and, and you know something? I, I, believe that God, I, I believe that God works these things out in our life. And, and, and you know what? Paul understood his calling. Paul understood that he, that he was to go to Rome. You know, remember what I said. He thought he was going to be the one that planned the church in Rome. But he had, he had some things detaining him. He had some things detaining him, namely, namely imprisonments and beatings and all of those kinds of things. But Paul was faithful, but Paul was faithful to share the gospel everywhere he went. May we never, may we never be afraid. May we never be afraid to share Jesus everywhere we go. 
And he finishes with this. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. And what a journey it's going to be as Paul goes to Rome. And by the way, this is not going to be the time when he gets to Rome and he dies in Rome. That comes, a little, that comes just a tad bit later. And he's going to die in Rome for the same reason he's in prison now. For his proclamation of the gospel. For his gospel witness. Folks, if, if they don't know our church, if they don't know our church for any other reason, if they don't know our church for any other reason, may they know it as the church who brings the gospel. The church who says the gospel above all else. May they know us for that and that alone. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we love, honor, and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for you, you have laid it out. You have laid it out for us. We know the story. We know, we know the beginning of the story. We even know the end of the story. And Lord, you're just allowing us you're just allowing us to be a part of the story. And Lord, I, I pray, that, I pray that, we, that we care enough about, that we care enough about people, that we care for people like you cared for people, that, that we're not afraid, that we're not afraid to have these gospel conversations. Lord, I heard a pastor say, who cares about our families more than we do? Who loves our families more than we do? And we know, Lord, that you love them even greater than the love that we could have for them. But, Lord, we've got to, we've got to be willing to share the gospel with them. We've got to be willing to have these conversations with them. To give them the opportunity to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would do a work in our families. I pray that you, would, that you would work in our government. I pray that you would work in the lives of people. Lord, I pray that you would, that you would continue to use us. May we not squander a single moment. Lord, may we, may we take advantage of every moment that you give us to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. Lord, that we, that we are the light, that we are the salt, and Lord, that we, that we take your gospel to the ends of the earth. I thank you for those missionaries that were appointed the other night who are going to places that their faces could not even be seen. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for them, for their willingness to go. Lord, I think of Jamie KD right this moment and, and, and the struggle and the trial that she went through this week. And Lord, it should not have happened. But Lord, it did. And Lord, I pray that you would give her the, um, the ability to forgive and the opportunity to continue on in the work that you have called her to there in that place. And Lord, we, um, Lord, we just want to thank you again for sending your one and only Son to die on the cross, to die on the cross so that my sins 
And so that each and every person that calls upon your name, their sins can be forgiven and forgotten. Lord, I, I want to take a moment I want to take a moment to lift up Emmanuel Baptist Church this morning. I want to lift up the leaders and the members of that church. Lord, I lift up the Petersburg Baptist Association. I lift up the Baptist General Associates of Virginia. I lift up the Southern Baptist Convention as they deal with this thing that happened a number of years ago, but yet now continues today. Lord, there are consequences to sin. And Lord, I just pray over everyone involved. Lord, I pray for your grace. I pray for your mercy. I pray that this will not hold the gospel back. But I pray, Lord, that you will do, in the midst of it all, what only you can do. And Lord, thank you for using us. We love you. We praise you. Most precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together. I don't know what...